in this episode. That's the pitch, isn't it? I mean, that would be like literally the first day. That'd be one of the first things because that's the pitch to get the ladies. I mean, if you knew how to make balloon animals, wouldn't you just do that? (laughs) Isn't that how you get the ladies? Type of lady. (laughs) Right. Welcome, you're listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast, episode 37, Supportive Partners with Mercedes M. Yardley. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Jeremiah Bannister. And I'm Chad Lutsky. And you're listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast, part of the Project Entertainment Network. And Chad, again, once again, we have a guest today, buddy. Yeah, we do. This is my very special friend, Mercedes M. Yardley. She's a, a, an award-winning author, like the Stoker Award. And some of her books include um, Pretty Little Dead Girls and the Bone Angel Trilogy. Are you done with that? Are you still doing that? I have the first done? one done. I'm working on the other two when to get everything else under control. Okay. Uh, Beautiful Sorrows, Little Dead Red. And um, she also, we both co-wrote books with john bowden who i'm representing right now i got my bowden shirt on. oh you do yeah so uh detritus and love that little that little yarn so mercedes thanks for joining us oh i'm so glad to be here thank you for inviting me i i had her come on because well i've been wanting to have her come on for a while now and recently asked her we were gonna have tim meyer on here too but he's got to be with his boy who's very sick right now so i'm thinking about you tim but tonight we're going to talk about the importance of um, just having a, a a spouse or a partner who is supportive in your creativity. You know, yeah. writing, podcasting, radio, whatever. You know, painting, whatever, whatever it is that you're doing that they're not doing. Um, that uh, especially if they just can't even relate to it, but that they're you know, and they're and they're and they're supportive. And I think one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about that was just because um, I brought this up before. I'm not one of these writers who, who feel like I'm not, I'm not the writer that's like, I, I bleed the words and I must write. If I don't write, then I'll die. And I'm not like that. If nobody read my stuff, I wouldn't write. And if I didn't have my wife and the awesome wife that I do, I probably wouldn't write either. But, you know, I don't, I'm not like that. I don't have to. I don't even like the process of writing. I like having it written and, and having it on the shelf and having people say, hey, I read your book. It's pretty cool. Um, that part of it I like. The rest of it, eh, eh, I don't know about. But it's work. It's hard. It is, it's very hard work. And um, having my wife in my corner to say, yeah, that sucked or um yeah really I, that that is fantastic that is really good she's never really come out and said that sucked she has told me i i wrote a story once in the very last line she said yeah no you got to take that out and i was like really you think it's bad and i gave it to john bowden and he's like dude what's up with that last line you got to take that out of there <laughs> like, all right man yeah. all right yeah and so I, I took it out and in hindsight it was ridiculous. It was a stupid line that I put in there and, and, and it would have ruined the entire story and the whole tone of the story. So thank you, John. Thank you, Mary. But yeah, stuff like that. She will say, you know, that doesn't work. Not, not the whole thing. She doesn't necessarily, she has a hard time seeing a bigger like picture. Like if I say, 
like um, when I came up with the concept for a foster homes and flies and I was like, Hey, I'm going to write this book about a, a boy who, who uh, doesn't have a father and his mom's an alcoholic and he's really wants to win the spelling bee and his mom dies. And so he just leaves her body there while he goes to the spelling bee a week later and he has to deal with her body. And she's like, really? You're going to write a book about that whole book about that. And I was like, you watch. So she, she does have a hard time, you know, with the whole big, bigger picture. Like sometimes I won't say anything. And then sometimes I'll tell her the whole thing cause I get too excited and I'll spoil all of it. And sometimes she's like, okay, we'll see. <laughs> or if I give her a title of a book or something, yeah, yeah. title of a story. And she's like, really? I was like, it'll grow on you. Just like, uh, there's like a band name or your kid's name or, 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 you know, you just get, you get used to it. <laughs> your kid's so. name. <laughs> yeah, you'll get okay. used to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering okay, yeah. how <laughs> The reason why I brought that up is because, oh. is because oh. when my oldest boy, who is 24 now, when he was born, I wanted to name him Shine. Mm. And my wife was not down with that. And I was like, you know, well, you'll get used to it. It's cool. Shine. And so that's his middle name is Shine. But so, yeah, you know, yeah. she compromised. And of course, she she loves it, you know. And just the other day we were talking. I was like, you shouldn't name him Shine, man. That'd be really cool. But <laughs> so that's why I, that's why I said that. <laughs> oh. I wasn't like, yeah. this is a name. You're going to get used to it. It's <laughs> Dagmar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to no. get used to it. <laughs> so so yeah so mercedes we don't know your husband yeah or or anything share share a little bit about you know what you how how, why he's so awesome and and he is so awesome we are exact opposites um he wears like khaki pants and he he works for the uh nuclear test site as like a managerial over the budget thing and Mm -hmm. And like he has, he's really funny, but you wouldn't know he's funny. Like I know he's funny, but when you first meet him, he's very sweet and polite and very proper, like very, very proper buttoned down. And, you know, I was like, I think I had blue hair when I met him or, and like a, a nose ring and just kind of, mm-hmm. kind of a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is so supportive and he's really funny and he like, he, he surprises me constantly. So we were married like seven years. And then um, we've been married about 20 years now. We got married, geez, he was 22 and I was 21 when we got married. Mm-hmm. And um, we were married seven years. And then one day he just like pulls out like this balloon, like this long balloon and starts making balloon animals like randomly. <laughs> and, and I was just like, what, what's this? What's, what's going on here? And he's like, oh yeah, I know how to make balloon animals. You want it? You want a poodle? You know? And I, I had no idea. Like you know, it was like this magical skill that just out of nowhere was like, oh, here's a balloon. Did you know how to do this? So he and he still surprises me with stuff. He he'll just like, oh yeah, I know how to do this. Or, you know, he's he's very like, where's where's a suit and where's a tie and all this stuff. And then he'll be like, hey, I did this sculpture out of you know Plato with the kids, and it's like fantastic. You know, he's he's very multifaceted. He's That's very, awesome. Appears appears very serious, but he's not. That's that's like the opposite of me because my wife, if I, I I'll, I'll I'll be like, hey, um, every time about that time that I was in Colorado, and you say like, yeah, and then you went swimming and you found that thing, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, she's heard like, I mean, not every story, but it, it is funny, uh, 
the the stories that I've, I've I've said so like she knows everything. It's very rare. Um, only a couple times a year will I say something. She's like, "Wow, I didn't know that." That's new and different. So that, so that's kind of that's weird. That is like not me. If if I knew how to do that, I'd be like, you know, on the first day, I'd be like, "Check this out, man." Yeah, seriously, I would too. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> "Balloon animal." I have a YouTube video of it. <laughs> that's the pitch, isn't it? I mean, that would be like literally the first day. That'd be one of yeah. the first things. Because that's the pitch to get the ladies. I mean, if you yeah. knew how to make balloon animals, wouldn't you just do that? Right? Like, isn't that how you get the ladies? Yeah, you know? you're you're like, a type of lady. Yeah, <laughs> right. but yeah. it, like, it doesn't occur to him. Like, And it's not like he's withholding information. It just doesn't occur to him to be like, um, oh, yeah. yeah, you know what? I know how to make balloon animals. Whoop. Like, And for me, I'd be like, I've got to show you this amazing balloon animal I can make. And he's just like, oh, yeah, just... I can do all these things, you know, and he, um, he's bilingual, he speaks Russian. So he'll just, you know, oh. which was great because we're watching like the X files and he'll translate everything, you know, and he's like, that's not what he's really saying with, um, cry check. Now, well, did he learn that later? Or did he, was it, did he learn that growing he, uh, up? Served a mission. So he learned that at, at uh, 21. See, oh, yeah, I, I, well, I, I went so far as say, to like, buy the... After seven years, he, after seven years, he like popped that out. I was like, okay, your husband's a spy or something. That yeah, like... <laughs> which is funny because his brother also speaks Russian, so I can always tell when they're on the yeah. phone to each other, you mm. know, because it's uh -oh. just like really cool. And like our kids, like my son, our, his name is Nikolai, and we have, you yeah. know, yeah, okay. Things, but, but he I mean, might be a spy. You might find might that out at the 30 year anniversary. He's going to be like, so look, you know, gimbly, I would give him all the information he ever wanted. Like he just smiles and you're like, <laughs> yeah. and he's, so, he's really, really good natured. One of my favorite things with, with the Russian thing, um, he, we were talking earlier about Bryce Canyon and this sort of area. He, and his, that's where he's from in, in Utah is up kind of by like Zion national park and that sort of area. Yeah. And there was a volunteer firefighter from Russia that had cut his leg with a chainsaw, like terribly. And they called my husband and they're like, hey, can you translate to this guy? Because here's this like big, burly firefighter. And they're trying to like, op like hold him down and clean him up. But he's not understanding what's going on. And he's, you know, mm -hmm. really, you know, needs to understand what, what they're trying to do. And my husband just walks in there grinning and he's like, okay, well, I don't know all the medical terminology, but let's figure this out. And it just translated like, hey, they're going to do this. You know, can you do this? Can you tell them what happened here? Can you, you know, and just, you know, and that was just a day in the life of Luke. Just a day in the life, you know. Like, well, you're married to James Bond. I am married like, to James Bond. He's he's a, he's a secret James Bond. Like, seriously, he's know. so capable. I'm like, I can't figure yeah. this out. I'm freaking out. And he's like, I got this. You yeah. know, like my idea of hell, or, or like in in the movies where you have you're underwater and you're unlocking the key and there's a there you know the, there's a pressure to be done or you're all drowned. Yeah. I would just flip out and die, and he would be like. <laughs> you'd panic, go into panic mode and just not think and just yeah oh. give in yeah, yeah my wife and i are are pretty much complete opposite too as far as like she's not a i mean she doesn't absolutely despise horror but she's not like hey let's watch a horror movie i mean she saw i think she watched hereditary with me and she, you oh, know really? if, if it's if it's convenient then you know she'll watch it but she's not like if i'm like hey i'm gonna watch uh, Friday the 13th part four again. Do you want to, she's like, no, I'm out of here. But yeah, no if, if she's already sitting there. No way. He would never, not in a million years. Watch yeah. Friday with me. No. Yeah. And she, she's read horror books before, um, you know, like boys life is one of her favorite books, but, but like when it comes to music, like we do like a lot of the same music, but that's mainly from 
you know, like when sometimes when you hear like growing up and one of your parents or, or something where you're at, they play the CD a lot and then you just you you take it in. And the next thing you know, years later, it's this nostalgic thing for you. And you're like, I, I like this. But it was never something you played. A lot of what she listens to is kind of like that because she hears me playing it. But there are some stuff, you know, like the hardcore punk stuff. Yeah, she doesn't want anything to do with with anything like that. So yeah. I, I don't I'm not yeah. playing that around her. But or um, but yeah, in, in the way that we dress, you know, I, I dress like a, I, I still dress the same way I dressed when I was, you know, 20. And and she she's not, you know, but she doesn't make me feel like I'm too, you know, like she's not and no she's not square or anything she's got tattoos and stuff and and you're both artists you know oh, she, she's a painter she's a, yeah. sculptor yeah you know so i mean she's an amazing artist you're an amazing artist i don't know if mercedes is aware of that you know Thanks. but the the artwork that he has is amazing the paintings you know, I don't know if I'm familiar you. with your paintings. Oh goodness, you need to see these. <laughs> They're amazing, but they have you know, and I have the privilege actually of knowing knowing his wife. And, That's uh, awesome. I used to I actually gonna... work the job that she was working, and she was on uh, maternity leave to give birth to Elijah. Right, Shine. Elijah <laughs> she was, Shine, yeah, yeah, Elijah Shine, and she left for maternity leave, and the place needed somebody to to fill the spot, and they hired me. I had no idea who she was. And and that's how eventually later we all came together and stuff like that uh, and found that out. But, you know, so they have some things in common. But yeah, totally opposites in many different ways. Yeah, she's, she's even said that probably the most that we're not alike is she has often said, I mean, she likes music. She listens to mostly like Jim Croce or something. <laughs> and so, yeah, but she has said often uh, or at least a handful of times that, She's like, yeah, um, I, I if I never heard a song, another song again my whole life, I'd be fine with that. And yeah. I'm just like, I'm such a music fanatic. I have to be listening to music. Like, I, I don't think I ever go a day without listening to a couple albums. And um, I just got to have it. And if I was told you, you're never going to listen to music again, what a miserable life. And she's just like, yeah, I, that wouldn't bother me. I'm like, oh, man. There's just no way. I'm kind, of that way. I'm kind of that way with Angela, man. Like with my wife, we have things that are in common. We have some, we share some things in common, but even the things we share in common, most of the time are by degree. Mm-hmm. And, and yet when it comes to music, she listens to K-pop. I, I <laughs> could go the rest of my life and never hear a K-pop song and I wouldn't be bummed. And she makes a joke, but we, we both have the same kind of humor about it because she will secretly purchase a calendar of K-pop singers <laughs> it's like over the top <laughs> you're like over the top fanboy stuff you know like you'd see in the old magazines from the 80s and 90s with what, John- what is, okay k-pop I've, I've heard you mention this before is this with like the pretty asian boys is that yeah what this very is? very like, attractive yes, pretty that's the right word for it yeah very pretty and they always have like 20 different guys you know they, they their philosophy of so they're um, asian boy bands asian boy bands asian okay. boy asian girl right so korean pop that's just okay and so she's really into that. I'm really into sad music. So I listen to music that's like super depressing. <laughs> and I like that. I like guitars and, 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 and classical. I don't think she would ever listen to classical music. I, I read poetry. She reads fiction. I read nonfiction. She reads fiction. I read newspapers. She wants nothing to do with it. Maybe she'll, you know, check out some kind of a page on Telegram for funny memes or something. But so we have, we have a lot of those differences. 
Um, and so, and yet when it comes to things like parenting and when it comes to her support of, of my work over the years, I mean, I've done some crazy junk, you know, I've, I've <laughs> said, Oh, I think this will be a good idea. And sometimes she'll tell me, no, that doesn't sound like a good one. And she's to be quite frank, she's right almost every time. So I've kind of just banked on that, you know, that I've said, well, she's intuitive, right? I'm analytical. She's intuitive. So she'll see something and maybe not see a big picture on it, but she can, you know, or, or not the details, all the de different details, but she can kind of get a feel for how this is going to play itself out. And there have been times where, you know, I, I have not taken her sage advice and I've eaten a lot of crow. I've, I've learned to simply just enjoy that and, and accept it <laughs> that, that she's, you know, so when I tell the boys, you got to learn to say in the ladies, right. I'm not saying that in a way that's just nostalgic and, you know, everything else sentimental, but just simply saying, oh, no, in fact, in my experience, this has actually been true. So you just need to get used to it, dude. It's the way the way it is. And uh, but we've learned to manage that in a complementarian styled way. Right. So th the things that she has weaknesses on many times, not always, are tend to be my strengths. And the things that are my weaknesses yeah. tend to be, though not always, her strengths. And we've yep. learned over the years, rather than disagree over the, the differences of our strengths or, or our weaknesses, to say, look, this actually, we look at it and step back for a second. We can see that this can play itself out. Let's, let's work together. Let's Bonnie and Clyde this thing. And so we've learned to do that. And uh, for the better, man. Yeah, we've gone through we some crazy to. stuff together with that model in mind, and it's proven to be just awesome, amazing life. So when you're when you're writing Mercedes, like what are what are things that you have found to be really helpful, right? Like whether or not it's you know not just the understanding that that you need space, right? If that's if that's the technique you have to have that kind of closed <laughs> door thing, or if you're just like any any moment you've got in between your day you know however that works like what are things that your husband's done that has has really really helped you um so that maybe even people who are listening who they may not themselves be writers but maybe with a writer or with somebody who's professionally ambitious that um that they could also uh say you know that's that's a good idea or that i never thought of that uh or even appreciate what they're already doing yeah. Well, my husband hates horror. He hates it. He just isn't, it's just not his thing. He's a very light, buoyant, happy guy. And he doesn't judge the fact that I'm into horror, which is really important. You know, he knows I like it. He knows I'm good at it. Um, he did watch the quiet place with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like... yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and once upon a time when we were first dating, we went and saw what lies beneath. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yes. movie. Yeah. yeah. And um, we, you know, I'm like, come watch this movie with me. And he's like, I don't really want to. But we were like at the very first stage. We were, you know, so he wanted to be really, you know, I, I can pull myself together and watch this movie with her. He like climbed up my body during the whole movie. Like, ah. <laughs> and just, I mean, he could not handle it. He is a very, he's very, very sensitive. So one of the most important things I think that he does is he lets me like what I want to like without, you know, insisting that I don't. Um, and I don't like to go too super dark because I like to, you know, I have a tendency to have to be depressed to work for depression. So I try to not like, like I won't read the girl next door by Jack Ketchum, even as phenomenal as his writing is like we were talking about mm -hmm. earlier. I know that I can't handle that. 
yeah. emotionally and mentally. So I try and stay away from things that I know will break me because I'm not a not a masochist. But um, he'll, so he'll support that. Or um, we have three kids and they're very busy and our house is so small, so small. It is so small that you, anyone speaking in one room can hear each other in the other. There's there's no privacy. Mm-hmm. And um, he'll try try and keep them off my back a little bit, but it, it really doesn't work that way. <laughs> um, yeah. My right. oldest son has Williams syndrome and severe autism. So mm. he's just kind of in mama's grill. So we have some, some rules that the kids can basically interrupt me all the time with writing. If I'm doing a recording for a podcast, Luke is trying, Luke tries to be interference. So, because otherwise he would always be, you know, and he works from home now with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to ask very little of him in that way, like keep the kids, you know, away. But when I do ask it of him, he's like on it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, and there's a, there's like a time frame, um, after like an hour and a half, he can't, unless he's like physically barring the door and my kids out there, no, no, you know, um, then the kids start to trickle in. So at the end of almost all of my podcast interviews or whatnot, You'll, there's Nico. Here's my daughter waving. Like they just yeah. hit the limit, and yeah. he just gives me a you know <laughs> I did my best and and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one more thing is right now I'm in an Airbnb about six hours away from my house. I came up for a writer's retreat with my friend who got in a terrible car accident last night and is going through two surgeries today, <laughs> but seems to be in good spirits because she is phenomenal. She's also an amazing writer, and her husband and my husband are like twins. And um, they were both willing to watch the kids and do all this stuff so that we could come together and have a couple of days to write because um, I have some really intense deadlines and it's just not happening at home. We've had so much going on. And for him to be like, yeah, you know, my son had um, oral surgery to get his wisdom teeth out on Monday and it's he doesn't understand and he's picking at his mouth and it just, you know, and, and we have soccer practice with the girls and volleyball practice with the girls and for him to be like, yeah, you go for four days. I got this. I mean, that is ultimate support. Yeah. That's not easy for him. And he's going to be working the whole time. And the, the kids will pull together and help. But, you know, I talked to my son for an hour on FaceTime today. Just here's the washer and dryer in the place. Here's mommy. You know, like he just doesn't understand why mom's gone. Mm-hmm. Mom's never gone. And so for, for Luke to do that for me, that, I mean, I appreciate that more, mm-hmm. more than the average bear. I'm never alone. I never had that, that moment. I'm writing at like three to five o'clock in the morning. Cause it's the only time that it's kind of quiet. And even then it's not quiet. Cause my son's up and Hey mm-hmm. mom. Uh, so this is phenomenal for me. I mean, that's huge. So, wow. you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things as you were describing it, it reminded me, you know, I, I haven't always been like that, like him um, where I would expect that right on. It was one-sided. I would expect that because, you know, I'm making shows, I'm doing live two to three hour long things. And so, you know, and she was, she's uh, a housewife. She didn't do, she worked when we first got married and she worked later, but most of our marriage has been her being at home. And so there was this expectation. It was like, well, you know, why aren't you running interference better? The kids are still coming down and, and all of that. But then I started, I remember it was not that long ago within the last five years or so where I really started thinking about the fact that she has dreams too, right? She went to school and she left, she, she got her associates and then she left because she fell in love with this crazy Navy guy 
in in Connecticut and she drove out there to be with him and she never went back. She never pursued that career that she had been working for diligently and that she she chose on purpose. It wasn't accidental. It wasn't, you know, seat of her pants like she thought about it. And she said, I th- these are my skill. This is my skill set. This is what I love. It's what I want to do. And she put that on the back burner and then cranked out six kids, you know, so she's cranking out a bunch of babies left and right, repopulating the earth and stuff. And and I'm sitting there thinking, like, what have I done for her? You know, and I, I know that I provided things, provided finances. We, our bills are always paid. We're never freaking out about food. I provide those basic things. But I said, but, but a person's more than that. Right. Absolutely. And, yeah. I, and I thought, you know, what? What am I not doing? And so when her mom, a recent example, her mom talking about accidents. And, and by the way, um, sorry to hear that about your friend. You know, um, my my mother-in-law back in March, a couple of days before my birthday, uh, was in an accident. My brother-in-law died. And my mother-in-law, um, we kind of just recently this week um, got a baseline from the hospital uh, that this is pretty much where they think she'll be. Um, at this point, um, it can change, but it's unlikely to change. Uh, and that if it does, it's by decimals, you know, like therapy will help with certain things, but you're not talking major leaps. And that place is involves her mom, not knowing who she is. So her mom says things like, I want to see my daughter. I want to talk to my daughter. And she's standing right there. She's the only person in the room. Oh man. And she doesn't know that she had a son. She doesn't know that she has grandchildren that love her. Um, and it's it's a very sad situation. But if when it first happened, it was so traumatic because, you know, it's an accident. It's a car accident. So, I mean, you know, she's going to grandpa's house and boom, you know, one mile up the road. Boom. You can see the, the sign to the place. Well, immediately thrown into a place where Angela is one of two children. The brother's dead. She's the only one. And all the family's in Korea. So she has nobody. There's the dad's out of the picture. He's in Washington state. And so there's no, there, there's nobody else. It's just her. So she goes there and for like three weeks, she was there every single day. And she brought little Wolfgang, right? Our youngest. And she was there with Wolfgang cause he's breastfeeding and stuff. So he he's there, but I, I now have four kids at, at grandma's house, right? We had to leave the city and stuff. And I was getting flustered about it, but I had to really think. And I, I, as she's talking about it, and crying and saying what she's going through and the, and the sorrows and stuff. And I sat there and I thought, and I, I made a promise to her and we're just like weeping in the car. And I told her, I said, you have done more things for me in my life than I deserved. You've done all these things. This right now I'm, I'm committing. I said, I know I've done things before, but I said, from here out, it's, it's different. There's something I'm going to make it an active aim of mine to to say you know what i got four kids great for four however many hours i don't care right how many days i don't care you need to do what you've got to do for your mother at this point and it was one of those things that didn't it didn't come naturally for me right it didn't come overnight it wasn't part of my personality uh to do that it took different events and as i said i'd done it before with other things but this was something acute this was something like really heavy in that moment and so it's like those little acts of of big heroism right that your husband does uh to run interference and sometimes people can downplay that but 
I think the people who would downplay that probably don't do it very often themselves. <laughs> and so, and they find it really difficult. And so you got to give credit where it's due. You got to say, look, look at the stuff that they do. And so it's really cool that you, you mentioned that. Cause I think that a lot of times people overlook that. Um, yeah. I think people assume that it's not a big deal or they assume, and, and I'm, I'm a housewife. I, that wasn't my, life's goal to be a housewife. I always wanted to be a writer, but when my son was born, uh, you know, he had such a, so severe, his Williams syndrome was so severe. We were like, okay, I need to stay home with this kid. And my, my job was to keep him alive. My husband was still going through getting his international, uh, his MBA in international business. And he was gone. I had this little baby that just kept trying to die. I, and, and we lived, I lived at the hospital with, with him when we were in Seattle and my husband would come by and visit when he could, but he, it was such an intense program. They told me he couldn't have a job. He was there. And he knew that, you know, by him doing this later on, I mean, we're financially set now that those sacrifices now have carried over so that I can write. I don't have to have another job, you know, but it was, it was crazy. So we, we divide things up in the way that we need to divide things, but we're really cognizant of what the other person is doing. And I've learned, this was hard for me, but I've learned to ask for what I want. Like I always grew up in this, I don't know if this is a woman thing. I don't know if this is, you know, a growing up in a religious community thing, but you know, you just do your very best and you don't ask for anything. You're just so pathetically grateful for whatever crumbs anyone will give you. And I, I realize, and I tell this to my kids all the time. I'm like, you know, we don't have ESP. I can't just sit there and want something and need something and expect your dad or grandma or someone to figure out what it is that I need. I just need to ask because people are like more than happy to help you. But it's, there was always kind of like the shame in asking, like you should be able to do it on your own or figure it out. Mm -hmm. But I'll be like, look, I need you to, can you please do this for me with the kids? Or can you please, can I go to this? Or I want to go to, um, our deal is one, I get to go to one conference a year because it's so hard for me to leave. It's easier now that the kids are older, but it was just, it was impossible for years. It's just impossible. And my son just breaks down when I'm not there. I'm his comfort blanket, you know? Yeah. When mom's not there, the world is not right. So, so I ask for what I need and then we figure out what we can do about it. And like this week has been terrible. So not only, you know, the my son with his wisdom teeth, but it's not healing. He's not doing well. Everyone's sick. Um, we found a scorpion in the house right where my daughter was opening her birthday presents. Oh, for those yeah. Of you, yeah. Those of you that don't know, I was stung by a scorpion a couple of years ago and it took two vials of anti-venin to keep me alive. I was, I was absolutely dying. I have wow. some allergic reactions. So, so the scorpion in the house, we don't know if the kids will react the same way. So it's very stressful and just everything was going wrong. And I'm like, I don't think I should go on this, this retreat with my friend. I just feel like there's too much going on. And my husband's like, no, you need to go like yeah. <laughs> for your own mental health. You need to go. And I've got this and he does, he does have it. Like it's not easy. And it's, you know, right now he's without a car until tomorrow. Cause everything's just nuts. But like, he's got this. And I, I know that he, the kids will be safe. Or if something happens, he'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, I'm not one of those moms that has to worry, like, is my husband capable of taking care of the children? Which some, you know, yeah. some some spouses, one kind of takes care of the kids and the other just kind of, I don't even know what to do. I know he's got it. He'll figure it mm -hmm. out, you know, and I can be here confident knowing that, you know, 
they're alive. They're eating. He's capable. And this is outside of his comfort zone. I mean, he's balancing all of his work plus all of the stuff, plus all of the kids plus, and he's still like, no, you need to go. I mean, that speaks volumes. That was amazing. I would have, I would have canceled it. I would have stayed home and just eaten eaten it. Then he's like, no, just, you need to be there. It's ironic that, that you are doing what you're doing right now. And that we're having this discussion specifically about what he's doing, you know, uh, offering this uh, sacrifice for you so yeah. that you can so that you can write and get your keep your sanity and yeah get a break and you can be on paleo cheese yes <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's like you have to do this you have yeah. to be on that show you don't understand. <laughs> yes you have to be on there yeah and you know go ahead. it's important to appreciate it too and not just yeah. like okay do this for me you know yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah for sure you know i i remember one of the things that I, I used to struggle with, you know, and you, you alluded to this, and I don't know if it was a struggle of yours, if the same as mine, but I'll just say what mine was, but alluded to it with the idea of like, um, you know, hey, why don't you come check out this horror film with me? That's what you do, right? So I'm into politics, I'm into religion and culture, and I talk about those things. And I read gobs of nonfiction, and I rarely ever blow off the dust of my fiction, which is I've gotten better about it since the show. Right? But but it's one of those things. It's like, you know, I read these tomes, these ridiculous books. And there was a long time where I felt like to be really successful um, in what I wanted to do, that I really kind of needed her on board in a way that was more proactive, uh, in the, the invo- direct involvement. Right. So saying like, well, I, I want to get involved in politics like you know kind of the there's people who will do this that will say look i want to get into politics you got to start going with me to conventions you got to start dressing a certain way they have a brand concept in their head um i didn't go to that extreme but i still had this idea that well maybe you should read more news because she doesn't read news she doesn't really you know in the past she didn't um or you, you need to learn this you need to learn that and i would get frustrated because i felt like i was alone and over time i started to really appreciate the fact that I was very much not alone and that she, the, the things that she did bring to the table that made me better at my job was her non-involvement with my job, that, that it was those, those other things. And I know that some people might think this is a maybe diminishing way of saying this, but C.S. Lewis, if I remember correctly, uh, one time said something along the lines of, they asked, you know, does your wife know how to speak to you about philosophical and theological concepts? You know, you're a practical genius, um, you know, does she do that? And he says, no, but she knows how I like my tea. And I know America, the American mind might say, well, that's <laughs> that kind of sound good. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't sound good. It sounds diminishing. On the other hand, he, she knows how his real life. It sounds she, intimate. It's, it's intimate. She, and tea to them is, is more than just your drink. Right. So other things like, you know, uh, time for tea. I mean, you're talking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So, um, he's saying she knows my normal life. She knows who I am as a person. She knows she provides for me in that realm and doing that makes me who I am when I leave that realm and I go and do my, my best outside of that. And I've, I've really come to appreciate that with my wife, that our relationship, it's kind of that way that she knows, you know, she knows my regular life. She knows my routine. She knows my, if there's something going on where I'm like really manic, cause I'm, bipo- I'm diagnosed bipolar uh, since 2002. And so if I'm going through certain things and she sees it, she'll, she'll 
talk to me, right? And say, look, hey, you got to cool it. You know, your emotions or you're getting kind of out there on the fringe <laughs> with things. You got to tone it down. And she knows that in a way that the that other people wouldn't. And if she was more intimately involved, I feel that it would be the focus would be on those things and not who I am or who we are as a family that make me the best me I can be for when I am out there doing those things. And so I didn't know if that was anything that you've ever dealt with. It's maybe just me, right? But I, I didn't know that's something you dealt with about wishing that he was more involved, but then appreciating the fact that he's just the best him and he's letting you to be the best you and that together you're the best us. And You know, in my writer's group, my old writer's group, the Illiterati, there were two, there was a couple and um, they were both in a band together and they both wrote and their, their lives were so like meshed and it worked out really well for them. But I noticed there was always like, okay, so who's going to stay home with the kids? Mm -hmm. Who's going to take care of real life? Because one of us wants to, you know, they couldn't both be there all the time for all the things. And it was kind of a source of really difficult to figure out who was going to attend what things all the time. And it's nice to not have somebody with the exact same interests because like, I don't care if he's going golfing. I'm not like, Oh, I've got to go golfing. You know, we're not going to fight over who gets to be on the green, yeah, right. you know? And if I'm have a conference, he is all supportive for me going to that conference and relieved that he doesn't have to be there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I like having that independence because it's just kind of, I didn't realize what a, what a, what a problem that could be until I saw these two, you know, beautiful people being like, ah, oh, cause they both want to be there and they both want the other one to be there. And you don't want to like have a wonderful experience that you know, the other one's going to want to be there for. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of like arguing about, no, no, I'll stay home. No, you stay home. But it, it's nice to not have that. Mm -hmm. And um, Luke not being part of the horror thing, like we were talking earlier, the, the horror community, it can be like so incredibly friendly and it can just eat you alive and it flips on a, on a dime. And, and it's a lot of communities. It's not just the horror community, but there'll be some, some big drama and I'll be really upset about it. And he'll just look at me and be like, I don't know those people. Like, yeah. you know, they, this is a community here. And, and he's like, just turn your computer off and step back. And I'm like, what do you mean? This is all encompassing. And he's like, yeah. no, no, you know, and to have someone with that kind of perspective, like, what will this matter tomorrow? You know what, what's important we're all right here in the kitchen and that's what's important, you know? So he doesn't feed into kind of my, um, cause I, I get, you know, frantic and anxious and, um, and have, you know, kind of de depression and all these things. And he can step back and be like, you know, and he can talk it to me in a way that no one else can talk to me and he can, um, I'll listen to him when I won't listen to anybody else. And, and sometimes I, I don't listen to him, but he knows, you know, he knows my ups and downs and he knows, you know, and he'll be like, you know, calm down. And I'm like, don't you patronize me. Don't tell me to calm down. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, now that you've got that out of your system, calm down <laughs> and take a breath and it's okay. And, and like, he can bring me down when no one else on earth can, you know, and him not being a part of all this is, is really nice. So, Cause he doesn't, he doesn't put, I mean, he'll be like, Oh, I'm really happy. You won the Brahms Stoker. That's cool. You know, I, I'm really proud of you, but it's not like, you know, Oh, you didn't win the Brahms Stoker. Ah, you know, he's just, he keeps things on a, a very real and practical level. And I need that because I have a tendency to get kind of swept off in all of whatever's going on. So it's a, it's a whirlwind. It's a tornado. It's a tsunami. And I'm right there with it. And he's like, come back, come back. Mm -hmm. And what we say all the time is that like, 
he's a tether and I'm a kite and I'm like all over the place. And he tethers me to the ground and I kind of pull him up out of his, I, I won't say a rut, but he's, he's very, you know, here's where he likes to be. And I'm like, let's do this and this and this. And he's like very calm and I'll kind of pull him up into a little bit more of this and he'll pull me out of this to a little more of that. And it just works out beautifully. I was going to say anchor earlier. I was going to say, he sounds like your anchor. Yeah. Cause I know my wife's mine. <laughs> Otherwise I'm to use your kite, right? Idea. I'm a kite way, way out there. Yeah. <laughs> fly around. And go <laughs> yeah. No going back. But I have that more that that person that says, and you know, there's been times in the past where I, I really thought about it later. Cause it was like this ideal thing for me, almost like, uh, what, what's the name of uh, house of cards? Right. I mean, they're evil people, right? but they're they're like the team, the Bonnie and Clyde of of politics and stuff. And I was always like, man, this would be really cool. And we, you're both like hardcore and you're just dominating left and right and stuff. And um, and I realized later, I'm like, dude, I'd be miserable. I would just I would. Well, I would first of all, you wouldn't it. trust your wife. I know I wouldn't trust her. I'd be like, what? I don't know. <laughs> you know, and and I thought it's OK that I like stuff. You know, that, that I like reading nonfiction. She's like, what are you reading? I'm like, oh, I'm reading this 1300 page book called Secular Age or something. And I'm like, what are you reading? And she's like, uh, manga, you know, um, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, OK, you know, and that's just the end of it. And sometimes we'll meet in the middle and stuff. But a lot of times we're kind of in our own worlds, but yet we have a shared universe. And and that has really helped me because and it also I was thinking when you were saying, you know, about the winning the award. And the way he says, the way he's like, oh, you, you won the award. It'd be really tough if it was we. And we lost the award because then they're wrapped up in that. And that, so the rest of the family, that universe outside yeah, you need of someone your to pull you back to reality yeah. would be toast because then both of you would be bummed. And then your universe with your family and your home, that. And so, yeah. But you know, I appreciate I gonna, you said that. Yeah. I was going to tell you, Mercedes, I don't know if you're going to like, uh, if, if this will, uh, put like weight on your shoulders or if you will uh, uh, appreciate, it. I don't know how you'll take no. it, but you've always, you've, I, I've always pictured you as this really strong woman, like exceptionally strong. And I, I know that you have your, you know, depression and anxiety and whatever, but the, cause I've seen you mention it. I'm only mentioning it on here because I've seen you mention it publicly. Right, yeah, I'm, I'm open Facebook. about it. Yeah. It, but it's some of the stuff, and I know some of what you go through. Um, you know, I just saw the um, thing that you, the panel that you did with the other um, parents for uh, through Dead Headspace, and but that had nothing to do with it. I, I this, my mind was already made up about you know you being a, a really strong woman, and a lot of that had to do with just uh, you'll come on Facebook and you'll make some post about some horrible thing that happened or that you're going through and it's just like and even just like tonight you just verified it you when you told us before we started recording about this horrible accident that your friend mm -hmm. just happened to and it's just like and i know you you care but it was just like you weren't you, you didn't it wasn't like devastating you in that moment like it wasn't you know i don't uh i, I don't i'm trying to figure out how to put into words what i'm trying to say but just just like it's almost like you are accepting things on a whole other level than what most people do and just be like, this is, this is just what, you know, life, this is what I have to deal with. So why blow this up into, 
and I and I wish I could remember a couple of the things that you went through. I think it was last year, like right in a row, man. And I was like, man, she's going through hell. But your post didn't like really depict that. And I was like, man, if that was me, um, you know, I don't know. You just you, and you just so you just have always struck me as a really really strong woman. And and I think about that. Uh, I think that about pretty much all women anyway. And and what you know, raising children and giving birth and um, there's so many women that I think of as being so much more stronger than I am. And you would be one of those. So. Thank you. That means a lot. There are definitely not strong moments, but I mean, I, I have hope. I have yeah. hope things will get better or at least we'll make it through. We haven't, we survived so far. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it yeah. it's been it's been a bad couple of years for everybody. <laughs> yeah. But I I I do think I don't know, I've seen people pull together. I think if you just accept what's going to happen because things things happen and you just can't change them, you know? So, I try and thank you. Yeah. I I love and I lo I love movies and I love books that have like um and I have I know some women in my life that um, where at some point, I mean, I have a excellent mom. I have a great mom, but after I like moved out, cause I moved out when I was 16 and after I, just because I was in love and I wanted, that's all I wanted to do is be around this person. And, <clears throat> and I was sick of curfews and I'm sick of rules. And so I just, you know, completely rebelled and, and moved out. But along the way, particularly in my late teens and early twenties, I met some women that I just held in such, such high regard um, because they were like that. They were really, really strong. And they were kind of like this um, mother figure. So I, when I see that in a movie or film or something, I'm just really kind of drawn to that. And um, it's like that, it's like that, um, like that, what's that book, The Shack? Isn't, isn't God in that, in that book, like a big black woman? Yeah, it was. That's, and there's something about I was say Octavius and I Butler, but maybe not. But there's something, and I hope this doesn't sound bad, but there's something to me about a large black woman that feels kind of like safe, you know, like this wise woman that that talks like Joe Lansdale, um, with in, in, in the way that she in the way that she gives wisdom, with just all this love that is feels unconventional, but is really productive, and. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know even know why I'm talking about this, but just talking to you made me think of all those, like some of the women in my life that have, you know, like I've stayed, you know, I did a lot of couch hopping. I was homeless for a while and stuff. And, and, uh, um, so, you know, I've, I've stayed with one friend for a year and his family and, you know, their mom was like that. And I, and I had some other, uh, another friend, his mom was like that. And, and some other people that I met places and I just, uh, I really, and, and that's probably why I do look at women and just think, man, I, you're just, um, especially when it comes to, yeah, like childbirth and, and, and carrying that child and then caring for that child um, and just having that motherly instinct. And I, I, women are great, man. It's, great. it's true. There's something about a, a good mama energy. So I'm not, um, my husband's really into sports. I'm not into sports at all. I'm terrible at them. I played tennis in high school and that was like mm -hmm. it. 
And my uh, daughter wanted to join volleyball, but they didn't have a coach. And they were like, please, will you be head coach? I'm like, you don't want me to be head coach. And I literally wrote on the paper, the application, like, if the hounds of hell are coming after you, that is when you should ask me because we are that, I'm that not familiar with volleyball. And they um, messaged back and said, we're at that point. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. so yeah. I'm my daughter's volleyball coach <laughs> now. And these, these girls, I just, they respond to that mama energy, like really, really well. Like, yeah. I don't know a lot about the game. I'm like crashing the, you know, crash coursing the, the rules and all these things. But, you know, I know how to tell someone that they're doing a great job. I know how to tell someone that I saw you hustle for that. And that was phenomenal, you know, and it was just really nice. One of the girls yesterday, she was like, I love you. And I was like, I love you yeah. right back. And it, women are great. And I, I think we're kind of coming into our own a little bit. Like there's more positive um, media about women and things like that. Because we used to just be, you know, you're like, like I was on a panel about fairy tales and I went on a little bit of a rant. Like if you're not the beautiful, sweet young thing getting married, you're a witch or you're the evil stepmother in fairy tales. There are no like, Hey, I'm a 40 year old woman that has something productive to add to the story. Yeah. You're just, you're dead. You, you have yeah. the child and then you die because your role is done. And I like that women are kind of being thought of in a more, Oh, Hey, they're real people too. Way. I mean, it's taken too long. But we're real and we're here to stay, you know? You know, thinking about strong women, you know, in my wife, uh, j just, uh, what was it, last week, two weeks ago, she she was having, because she's breastfeeding, right? We have a nine-month-old. His name is Wolfgang Phoenix, a very manly little guy, came out with a beard and a battle axe. Um, right. And so very manly, <laughs> uh, you know, and really real tough kid. But he um, she's breastfeeding, and she thought she had a clogged, uh, milk duct right and so and i can only imagine that that is not comfortable at all and so she's describing it and saying you know i think i got this well um she's like i gotta breastfeed more and she she did and it would kind of off you know offset the pain a little bit but it didn't go away and i, I started getting nervous because my sister thought the same thing and the clogged milk duct uh, started to get much bigger and all of her friends were saying oh it's just what it is and it was cancer um, and so she didn't, she didn't go in for a long time. And so she has stage four breast cancer. Um, and so her whole life now is dedicated to, you know, certain protocol to deal with that. And she's doing really great, but, um, you know, so I'm, I'm nervous about it, right? I'm like, okay, look, you know, you're saying it's painful. It's last like a week and she's just, you know, a trooper. She's continuing to do what she's doing. Well, then, then it starts, to, she said, you know, that her breast, it was actually hard, right? The part of it was hard. And I knew that was bad. I'm like, look, you got to you got to go in. So she said that, well, uh, you know, if, if, if it doesn't clear up in the next couple of days, I'll do the breast pump thing and everything. Well, long story short, uh, she ended up getting um, she was extremely tired one day and she told me she had to sleep. So I'm like, it's, yeah, I'll watch the kids, you know, just take a nap. Well, she passed out like on the chair. She I'm, I'm like, I've been married for 19 years with her and she's never just like fallen asleep, sitting down with her arms on the armrest. Never. And I said, she must be really tired. Well, then she stood up about an hour and a half later, shivering like crazy. And she's like, I'm so cold. And she's like, I need a, a blanket. I'm like, so I'm asking questions, COVID related things. Like, are you trouble breathing? You know, everything's no, no, none of that. So she says, I need to go take a nap. Goes upstairs, wakes up. She has 102.5 fever. And she says she needs help down the stairs because she's dizzy. 
And I'm looking up things, you know, I'm like, we need to go like right now. So we went, she said, okay. So we went sepsis. She had mild sepsis. She was, she, it was, uh, like, uh, um, blood pressure was like 97 over 63 with a resting heart rate of 140. And they said she's borderline severe and they needed to get her in. She's, I didn't realize this cause she's just smiling. You know, she's, upbeat she's talking about the baby well you can leave the baby here and i'm like no i can't like you need you need antibiotics like stat like you need them like yesterday and i said you need to get them and she's not processing this in part because it's blood poisoning to her brain she was they were trying to tell her what to do and she would say yes but then she wasn't doing it and they'd say it again and she still wasn't doing it and then it went on for like five minutes and i said this is actually affecting her, her brain uh it was a very scary situation and yet the entire time she was smiling and she was just herself upbeat. And I'm thinking, dude, if that was me, no way. <laughs> like I, I'd be the guy freaking out. Like you take the kids. I'm, I'm going to be here. I wouldn't be like, Oh, just keep the nine month old big lug of a kid around, you know, a breastfeed. No, I would have been in a zone. I said, but here, you know, here she is. And she's just, she's just so, so strong in that moment. Um, and, and even when she realized like the severity of it and how it could potentially go bad, I mean, they had to ask her, do, should we resuscitate? Like, what, what do you want about mm -hmm. resuscitation? If your heart stops, that's a weird thing to even have to talk about. And they had to ask her, you know, and they, and so there were conversations that were really, really tough. And yet there she was. And, and so it was one of those things. And I started to realize that, that through so much of it, she was, you know, and there's, there have been a few times where, she relied on my strength and not vice versa. You know, when our daughter had cancer, she died about five years ago and she had brain cancer, um, our firstborn. And there was a time when she was going through these things called hypothalamic storms. And it's a lot like a seizure, um, you know, um, and so it's kind of like fireworks going off in the brain and, and your whole body is very, very intense moment, very scary and painful. And so She's going through these and it, they couldn't figure out what it was at the hospital. And so she's just one after another of these experiences. And they said, it's not a seizure. She's not, they did test for it and she's not having seizures. So they didn't, it was not, they didn't know what they could do. Well, it was really late, like two in the morning and she's going through and I'm holding her hand. And I remember um, it was, it was a sad moment because it was so overwhelming for so long that she was sitting there on the bed and she looked at me and tears just pouring down her face. Cause she was helpless for totally we all were and she looked at me and she covered her face and i said that has to be the most dire place in the universe because she's the she this is her firstborn she's the strong one but right now she needs me to be that too so i need to step away and i stepped away from the show i said i was live radio you know so i'm like live am F fm radio calling stuff I said, I took a hiatus that I can't do it. I said, uh, I had a co-host that took over for months, in fact. And I said, I need to be there, not just for my daughter, for my wife. And so there have been times where, and most of the time, I'm only bringing that up because that's like the one time in my whole life where, where my strong wife has needed the strong man, right? Other than that, she's like, look, you know, I, I'm pretty good at this. Um, but, but sometimes it even requires the professional side of the yin yang, the one that's the ambitious professional person that's trying to strive to sometimes say, I got to step back too. 
these, this is my sacrifice to say, you know, I, the universe is bigger than this, you know, this thing we got, we got to focus on family first. And, um, but I, I wanted to ask you something. Um, and we don't normally ever talk about this, but it's something that has, uh, you know, you talked about hope, um, but faith, right? Um, not everybody listening is a person of faith, but um, I'm curious to know um, how, because you got, uh, you got married inside of the temple. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know if we, if, if, if that can't go on, let me know. We'll take no, that's, it. That's fine. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you got, si- you, you got married inside the Mormon temple, right? Yes. Um, and so you, you had like both- some gorilla wedding, Jeremiah, you think she had some gorilla wedding? Hurry, go in now. Well, no, man, it's, it's part of the rights. You know, I mean, that's, okay. it's, it's, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, it's part of the rights. It is, you know, and so that's, that's an say important I do, thing. Say I do. We gotta go. That's an important <laughs> thing, man. So like, you know, so, so, okay. Um, but so you're both Mormon or mm-hmm. LDS, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so you're both LDS. How, what role has faith, how, how have you seen faith help the two of you, not just in oh. your professional life, but in, in your relationship together, your family structure that's given you, um, th- that's helped you along the way? Well, for us, we're both, we're both active LDS. Um, and so we believe in, not not divorce. I mean, we believe in divorce. You can be divorced, but that's not kind of our first. We really want to try everything before being divorced. So when things are like, oh, well, I'm really frustrated with you. Divorce was never on the table, you know, or like, geez, I'm just, you're, you're so obnoxious. I hate the way you like, you know, leave your socks in the middle of the living room floor. Divorce was never on the table. And so we're in it for the long haul. And that's been good for me because I do like bringing up the depression again. Uh, severely depressed. Um, I'm doing really well after doing something called TMS therapy, which is transcranial magnetic therapy, where they put a um, magnet and kind of and stimulate your neurons in your brain the same time every day for like six to eight weeks. So my brain realizes now it's like muscle memory. My brain realizes it needs to fire and get these neurons going because before they were shooting like, boo, and now they're like, like normal. And um, I was always afraid you know, oh, well, he's just going to leave me because being with a person with depression is really, really hard, you know? And he's like, well, no, I won't. I mean, we're, we're in it. We're in it to win it. Um, and our son, when he was born, that took a lot of faith because our plan was we were going to move to Russia, uh, go live in Moscow. My husband had a, a international business degree and we were going to like just live there and do those things. And when Nika was born, he had such severe heart problems. Uh, there would have been no way he would not have lived if we hadn't been next to like right next to this really uh, phenomenal hospital in Seattle. So it changed everything. It changed all our plans. It threw everything up in the air. Uh, And, and like I said, my goal wasn't to be a housewife. That wasn't what I had dreamed for myself. Um, I feel fulfilled now, but a lot of it's because I'm doing writing I, I I don't feel like women were created to just do laundry but that's what I do um, because my husband makes the majority of the money with yeah. his degree so that's how we've decided you know I'm home I'll do the laundry like I'm literally at home why would I not do it you know we're all pitching in to to do it but that was hard and that took a lot of faith because he didn't um speak until he was seven 
And I remember we gave him a blessing. The blessing is something that we do in our church where you uh, lay your hands on a person and give him a special blessing um, from God. And the blessing said he'll speak. And I was like, whoa, because the, they told us he would never speak. Mm-hmm. And um, it took another two years, but he did. He'll, he'll say certain things. He talks short and quick, small, short sentences. But he can be like, you know, mama this, daddy that. And I love that he's 18, so calls me mommy. And he's like, you yeah. know, mommy, French fries, mommy, you know. And so he can tell us the things that he wants to tell us. And it was so frustrating when he couldn't. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you guys know this, but my youngest was actually a triplet. And uh, we had triplets and two of them passed away and one of them oh, survived. Wow. And that was just kind of, that rocked our world, oh, right? But um, I believe things will get, I, we can do hard things, you know, yeah. we can do hard things. And so... I think that if if I didn't have faith and he didn't have faith, because there are a lot of things we just don't know how to deal with, like, mm-hmm. oh, our kids having a really hard tough time with this, or you know, the triplets that just devastated us, and you know, all these different things. Like, where do you? To me, it is good to feel that there's an outside source, um, and the the way that God is thought of in the LDS religion is is not the angry. Old Testament God that I read, you know, when I read the Bible, it leaves me feeling cold and sad and scared. <laughs> like the, um, the way that we see, uh, we call him heavenly father more than God. Whenever we're praying, it's dear heavenly father. It's not God. Um, uh, as a very warm, caring individual that wants good things for us. We believe that he has a wife. We have a heavenly mother that Jesus Christ is our brother. So when we like will pray about these hard things, we believe that there's a source that genuinely cares about us. That is like, you know, we're, we're here to support you. It doesn't mean that, you know, God will stop bad things from happening because that's not how it works. I believe, you know, we believe a lot in um, the power of agency and that we can make our own choices and that, you know, we as parents don't stop every bad thing happening to our kids because they need to grow and learn. But I mean, it's, it's helped. It's helped a lot. It's, it's, it's helped astronomically for us because everybody has hard times, but sometimes I feel like we're just rolling through more than, than seems our fair share. But having that source to draw on where we feel that somebody loves us really helps. It's like the extra support. Yeah. I, you know, when we went through our stuff with our daughter, um, I had left, Catholicism uh, and was an atheist. That's why I said earlier I was part of a secular organization. And we went through some crazy times and we were we were strong through those times. Um, And, you know, a lot of people kind of idealized us, you know, as a family, as parents, as a husband and wife, things like that, Um, because we we were very public about what was going on, keeping people updated and stuff. So a lot of people kind of rallied around that. But it reached a point. You know, somebody asked me this question about, you know, do you feel her, you know, your daughter after she left, after she died? Uh, Someone asked me in a live thread one time, they said, you know, do you feel the presence of your daughter? And at the time I said, yes, because, you know, I I was very just purely materialistic and I'm looking around, seeing stuff and saying, yeah, you know, balloons are here. I got these get well balloons that she had and stuff. And they're right next to my desk. And I've got the painting behind me, two different paintings that she did. And I've got all this. But, but I remember one day, um, I remember sitting down uh, on the, the man chair in our living room, and, and I realized that I hadn't heard the pitter-patter of her footsteps on the stairs for a very long time. 
And it was kind of this weird moment, kind of like, you know, if you've, if for those who've been in high school sports that you, when you're out of high school, you get to this place where it hits you all of a sudden, I'll never feel that energy of being in the fourth quarter, playing basketball with the coach sweating profusely with a red face, growling at me from the sidelines and the crowd cheering and, or, or just practice, you know, running around the court, you know, grumbling and complaining that the coach is making you run laps and stuff that you will never experience that again. It's gone, right? You're, you're, you're out of high school. You're not going to be the weirdo going back to play <laughs> the 25, 40 year old person on the team, right? It's not real. And so you have that kind of experience in it for those who are really involved in that. And it's meaningful. It can be really hard. Well, that was kind of the closest thing to analogy to, to how I felt. And I remember I went into the office and the balloons had deflated all the way. It was flat on the ground. And, and I hadn't noticed how time had, taken place because you're in this blur of everything and it was really tough we went through some really hard times after that for you know about a year really hard and we found ourselves uh going back to the faith and and the role that it plays in our lives and stuff and it's not to say that people who don't have that can't go through those things i know people who do um but i know the role that it played for me and i was curious and so i i know that that's way outside of the normal Overton window for this show. <laughs> we don't, we don't, we, we generally don't talk about faith at all. Like we, you know, except Chad's faith in aliens and, and ghosts and stuff. Well, <laughs> and all that. It's my like, on the fence faith. My... Yeah, is on the fence. He, you're, he's, he's really close though. He's really close. But that's the closest we ever get. But I, I thought about it and I said, you know, we're talking about spouses. You know, you, you'd mentioned where you guys got married and stuff. Uh, and, and so I'm like, you know, I, I, I wanted to ask you that. And so I'm really glad I did. And, um, you know, I understand when you're when you're talking about that, you know, going through those things and seeing how that the role that that plays and even giving you an idea for that you can make it through. Right. That, that God is 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 still there. God lo genuinely loves you uh, and that, you know, that you can make it through. And so. I, I just wanted to I wanted to ask you. So I'm sorry, Chad, for going way outside. I know no, I went fine. outside the Overton window, dude. <laughs> that's fine. That's that's what uh, I wanted to ask. Oh. That, that's fine. Should we uh, yeah. wrap it up? Yeah, we can so wrap yeah, it we up. Yeah, we're 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 good. We're at we're at an hour and sixteen. So that's okay. good because we spent about fifteen minutes after we started recording. Continuing. Did you talking. you you wanted me to mention something? I want to. I'm just gonna go ahead and mention it right now briefly. Um, we don't normally look at our like reviews on iTunes and stuff like that because yeah. I mean, most people don't, I I'm a huge podcast fan and I've listened to um, just so many podcasts over the last decade and uh, I have some of my favorites and I'd never leave reviews. So I know it's rare to get one. So I usually don't check, but we saw one and it kind of sums up what my hope for was for the for the show from the get go and that what people would get out of it. And so I read it to you, Jeremiah, and you wanted me to yesterday. You wanted me to yeah. read it you, now. So you I'll smiled, go ahead. Dude, cause you weren't sure you wanted to read it. Now yeah. you're doing it. Yeah. Well, the reason why is because yeah. yes, this is this, yeah. this summarizes basically everything that I was hoping people would get out of it. So it says, uh, today was a sad day. Approximately a month ago, <clears throat> excuse me, I came across this podcast. I had no idea who Jeremiah and Chad were, but they had an interview with one of my favorite authors. After hearing that episode, I proceeded to binge on the show daily. Well, today I finally finished the catalog and I'm extremely sad. 
This show makes you laugh, tugs at your heartstrings, and gives you the feeling of hanging out with an old friend. Give it a try, and you'll appreciate the sincerity of it. You may, you may also find out which spider Jeremiah's nipple hairs resemble. So, yeah. <laughs> with the exception of the last sentence, but particularly, yeah. you know, making you laugh, tugging at your heartstrings, the feeling of hanging out with the old friends. Yeah. Um, I, I can relate to not knowing anybody, anything about somebody on a podcast, whether it be a podcast about writing or horror films or board games or, you know, screenwriting. And then you get, it's like you get to know these people that don't know who you are. And then, um, so, and that's why I, I, I feel that for so many, it's like they become like these, not really mini celebrities, but it's like they're in your head. You know, when you, when you every week, when they're talking for an hour or two and you in, when you're doing that for, you know, a handful of years, you really get to know these people. And so that was my hope for listeners was to, for people to not really know us, fall in love with us. Dude. And we're obviously in their head. Cause uh homeboy knows about the, the kind of spider that my nipple hairs look like, which I didn't even know what he was talking about. Yeah. And dude, I love, we, 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 without getting too much information, we yesterday when I made a joke, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, daddy long legs, dude. <laughs> said it looks like daddy long legs. I said with the nipple being, you know, and he's like, don't they all? And we get in this conversation on the next thing I know, chat. I got my shirt pulled he, up. And my he does. He's <laughs> looking at it. And so last night I'm looking, man, I'm talking to my boys about it. And they're like, really? It looks like daddy long legs. I lift it up and I'm like, I look like Zangief, man, from Street Fighter 2 now. I said, I've got so much chest hair now that I'm much older that that joke when I first joked about, it, I think I was in my 20s, man. And I'm like, it doesn't look like that anymore. It's like a tarantula now. So, so it's it's outdated, man. But you know what? That was so cool. What's the? Does it have a name or is it is it anonymous? What is that? Uh, I, let me check. I, I'm not. I no. It's just oh, Rock City, R O C C City. Okay. Well, look at that. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned. And, you, and I am glad, Mercedes, that you came on. And I'm okay, I'm really man. glad to have met you, to made your acquaintance. Yeah, so nice to meet you. I walked in, you're yeah. talking cigars. I'm like, we've, we've got to gotta hang out. And you got it, yeah. And the the leather rose. Leather rose. Leather rose. Yes. <laughs> yeah. By yeah. What, what was the name of the company? I got it right here. What, what's the name of the the thing on there? I don't. This is sugar skull. skull. Sugar skull. Sugar skull. Yes. Deadwood Tobacco Company. It's the best cigar I've ever had. And I'm not paid to say that. I don't know anybody over there. We were like, how much money are they giving you? Millions. <laughs> Millions of dollars. Oh, boy. So, Mercedes, what's, what do you got going on? Um, anything? I know you're writing big time this, this yeah. weekend. Yes. What, what do you have? Do you have anything coming out? Or I, I do. I have something really exciting coming out. It's called the Black Mariah series. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's um, there are 10 different writers. And we're each writing a novella set in this shared world. Um, there's mm-hmm. a... Uh, a book trailer for on YouTube, Black Mariah. And um, it's a conspiracy theory sort of thing and Mm -hmm. um, the government or whatever. Anyway, there are all these attacks that are happening and it takes place in each like separate town. So I'm writing about Vegas, which is where I'm from. And they're all going together. Um, So you read, if they're called an episode, you read an episode a week, they'll drop a week. So it's like, you can just read it. That's really exciting. Um, I'm working on a short story collection, which um, I'm, really excited about and I sold my novel Darling which um, uh, will be out from Black Spot Books next year and it has actually wrote about um, a child based on my son in that so there's a 
kiddo with nice. his yeah. just 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 his little quirks and a lot about him and yeah just a lot a lot going on which is really really cool so well that's very that's very cool and that that black mariah thing sounds sounds interesting it's epic it's epic what is so cool about it and a little daunting is that everything has to fit together with all these 10 different authors yeah they're all happening kind of at the same time the same time period so there's a whole bunch of communication and like one person in charge that's like assigning things or uh, yeah marie jones she does um she writes for uh what is it ancient aliens i want to say ancient aliens i'm not sure uh she does a lot of those uh your own personal God and faith, yeah. <laughs> ancient aliens and things like that. Um, so she kind of gave us like, here's what we need to know. Here's what's going to happen in this time period so that we're all, you know, not all over the place. Like here's the name of, you know, the leaders so that we all know. And, right. Right. But it's, it's really cool. It's really cool to be so involved with all the other writers and just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So okay. each story takes place in our like own separate area with our own separate characters, but there's this overarching theme. And it's it's gonna it's gonna be epic. I mean, I'm seeing what other people are turning in, and it's amazing. I kind of did something like that um, with uh, like five years ago. Uh, I was asked to be to to write a novella um, in a world in an existing world. Uh, my friend Jay Thorne wrote uh, a novel called American Demon Hunters, and he handpicked like uh, I think four other authors to write novellas in the world. We pitched him an idea, and then we had to do this very extensive uh, grid outline thing, which I'd never done before. I, I don't write with uh, outline. Yeah, I don't do me either. But, but this one was very, very thorough, very extensive. I had to, like, do this. Um, I mean, there's a book on it. He has an actual, like, uh, certification to even, like, teach this form of, like, grid, gridding. I can't remember what wow. it's called, but it's crazy. And so we had to use that. It was a little frustrating and it ruined a lot of the fun for the writing because it was like, well, I already know what happens at point B. So I just got to write A to B and then I know what happens to C. So I got to write B to C now and then C to D. And it was nothing felt spontaneous, you know, but I was it was I was appreciative of it. And we all wrote um, stories based on like our hometown. So my book is called American Demon Hunters Battle Creek, Michigan. And it's it's not very it's not something that I um even i mean it's up on amazon but it's not something that that i ever like promote or anything and i, I don't think uh, he does either he's doing other stuff but um because it's so kind of not me i mean i still managed to make it like this coming of age thing and it's cool especially for people who are from battle creek because it has so much battle creek in it um a lot of the stuff that's in it doesn't exist anymore but the um yeah, so it's 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 like I'm proud of it, but I'm not kind of thing because it was it was early writing and it was it was like if it was nothing I would have ever the whole concept written on my own. But I'm really thankful for the opportunity and stuff, and it, it reminded me of that that we weren't working together though. It was just like okay, you so you got Battle Creek, okay, you got New York, and you are doing uh, Australia, right? And and you know we had like an Australian one, and the rest of them were uh, in um, the states. So we, yeah, we weren't working together. It was just, we just all happened to be doing them and then they were released. So. In that world. Yeah. I, I have more freedom than that. So it's, yeah. it's fun. It's still fun for me. 
But people that can organize an outline like that, that's great for them. That's not how I write. Yeah. yeah. So, and that would have been a headache to, uh, I mean, we had certain rules, like here's your main three characters. You cannot kill them, you know, and then, and then other certain rules because all of these were standalones. There wasn't like part one, part two, part three. So you should be able to pick up any of them. I mean, you should start with the original novel, but you can go to any other state or whatever and see their, this little, almost like a Hardy Boys versus the Demons or our Supernatural, if you will, I guess almost. Um, but it wasn't like two guys. It was like a, a, a couple and then the, and the, the guy's uh, the kid. So, but yeah, it was, uh, it was different, man, for sure. But I'm thankful for the experience. Well, Chad, yeah. How can people get in touch with us, dude? And 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 put more reviews on there, dude. How can they do that? Why would you want to do that? <laughs> what? Because because they love the show, man. Because they oh. love the show for all the reasons that that yeah. uh, that other cat liked the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I mean, the best way, I guess, is to uh, to type in Paleo Diet, right? Oh yeah, right. <laughs> we're the paleo craft paleo craft it's like minecraft yeah, for it's the first dinosaurs. thing that uh, pops yeah. up right yeah it's really no, paleo cheese with a z yeah we've got instagram twitter facebook and email which is uh paleo cheese at gmail.com mm. that's with a z again the cheese and one and word if you post just two words dude google will think you're literally yeah, looking yeah. up paleo yeah, diet cheese that's one one word. Word. yeah <laughs> it's true for a cheese yeah. heavy paleo diet yeah, yeah, right. Then uh, and YouTube, which you're either already listening on wherever it is you get your podcast, and you're just listening to audio, or you're on YouTube watching our faces. And if you are, what do they? What do the kids say? Smash the subscribe button and <laughs> smash, smash like, man. Smash yeah, you got to smash like it. Smash yeah. the uh, yeah. notification bell so you can be notified whenever <laughs> we have a new ones up. Yeah, yeah. So and, and send us some hate mail and. Or some love mail, <laughs> love letters. Yeah. All right. Well, it was a good show. Well, and again, and and I forgot to tell tell Mercedes at the beginning, this is a fake goodbye. So don't go anywhere. But yeah. So thanks for thanks for coming on. It's a pleasure. And and uh, yeah, having this cool topic thing, we've changed the format, and this has been pretty cool having these cool discussions. And and um, gonna still gonna do the horror movie thing. But we'll probably do that. Just on our own, right, Jeremiah? Or maybe with special guests. In a little bit and, now. And with, and people get depressed if we didn't. Right? And with uh, Hunter Shea and, and Jim Campisi, there are like, there are. Uh, We're going to see them a lot. sister yeah. podcast. Yeah. 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 Kind of. So. Oh. All right. Well, until next time, my friend. Yes. Until next time. Every person's story has something to teach us how others view life. How obstacles are overcome, how joy is felt, how fears are faced, how love is expressed. The Matters of Faith podcast explores individual stories of people's lives and how faith plays a part. It may not be your story, but it may help shape yours. The Matters of Faith podcast with Jay Wilburn is on Project Entertainment Network.